Welcome to the Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast, where we are all about going beyond programs, beyond best practices, and beyond curriculum to recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots, and to explore the foundations for small groups that are organized to beat the devil, and that produce disciples of Jesus Christ who in turn disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes, and I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship here at Discipleship Ministries. And I'm Steve Manskar. So I almost titled this podcast Small Groups in the Calvinist Way. <clears throat> I almost <laughs> said that. So what we're going to do in this podcast is unpack a little more of the conversation we had with James K.A. Smith, otherwise known as Jamie, is what we referred to in the last episode. Uh, there was just a lot to unpack there, so we thought we would spend a little more time just unpacking what all he had to say. Um, and as I process this and listen to this again, and I'll say I've listened to this a couple times now, that interview, and it was well worth listening to more than once, at least that's that's what I got out of it, um, is that in some ways he's a good Calvinist who is reminding us just how depraved we are <laughs> and the depraved waters in which we live in. And that wow. sounds uh, maybe a little much, but uh, but I think there's some truth there, and I, I don't think that's entirely unWesleyan. I think. No, it's not at all, because Mr. Wesley, if, if we know, if you know anything about Mr. Wesley, yeah, is while he had great disagreements with certain aspects of Calvinism, uh, yes, he agreed with most of it. Yeah, he he believed that Calvin got it mostly right. Yeah, particularly when it came to total depravity. That's right. Yeah, and isn't that the part where John Wesley says, we're but a hair's breadth apart. It is specifically referring to that. Yes. Yeah, yes, I, thought, I believe, yeah. yes. And, and I think that's a helpful reminder for us, um, for us Methodists, um, because of how deformative those secular litur- liturgies, as he reminded us, um, that they are deforming us and that we need worship to form us correctly. And then in another way, we need small groups to form us correctly. So let's, let's begin by talking about how he defined liturgy. Well, I just, I'm, I'm just, the, the word deform, I, I have, I'm having, I don't know if that's the right word. Oh, okay. It, it, and may, maybe it is, but I think what, what Smith, what Jamie is, is writing about is in a way, because we are, I guess it, we are being, it, the culture does deform us uh-huh. in that it doesn't necessarily direct us towards Christ. Yeah. And, and living the life that God intends us to live. Yeah. There, are, there are some aspects, you know, I don't think it's, it's and, and I think a lot of our audience would maybe disagree that, that culture... Yes, it is totally depraved, but it's not that there, there are aspects of culture that are in alignment with Christ. Okay, yeah. Okay, see point you there. see what I'm saying? Yeah, that yeah. I don't think I don't think it's a, a broad generalization that everything deforms us. Right. But I think there are aspects of culture that do deform us. But it 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 doesn't it 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 decenters our it doesn't center our life in Christ. That's right. It 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 it, it tends to push us to whatever the next thing is, right? And, and, and think, it's more, and it's what the Bible calls idolatry. Right. Right? Um, Which is why I think it's about those heart-shaping practices. And the culture is shaping us in such a way that isn't just non-Christian, but is in fact shaping us in ways 
that makes it harder for us to realize how we've been misshaped and how our loves are not aimed in the right direction. Right. Yeah. That's that's the way I I take that that deformation to be happening. Yeah. Is that when we've been shaped by, as you said, uh, the next thing, or um, shaped by a, a different calendar, right? We're shaped by calendars that are... Yeah, we're more shaped by the Hallmark calendar than we are the <laughs> calendar of the church. Exactly. That, and that, that's exactly what I, the way I take um, Jamie to be pointing us in that direction. And I think that's very helpful because I, I don't think um, enough of us are conscious of just how, how we've been formed by the culture. And I'll give my personal example. We talked a little bit about this before. I mean, Jamie pointed out the uh, youth sports industry complex. I'm forgetting exactly how he said that. But as somebody who's immersed in a tennis calendar at the moment for my middle schooler, high schooler, and it, well, it hasn't taken away Sunday worship from us, but it is certainly forming how our the rhythm of our days. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that's convicting for me. Right, and so as we move into sort of how, do the, how does a small group function in this, right? I mean, I think one of the ways is it points that out to us that this rhythm you, you've allowed to ad- be adopted by, right? You've allowed that to happen. What, how can a small group help us to be become a point that out and help us to become accountable to what's important? Yeah, and I, and I think how we want to get at this a little bit perhaps is he centers. Much of his book and work on worship and how formative that time should be. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, we're we're not worship in the Calvinist way. <laughs> we're not worship <laughs> in the small in the Wesleyan way either. But let's do talk for a minute about the formative practice of worship, and I think that leads us then into how small groups function within that ecosystem, if you will. Yeah. So does that work for you to talk for yeah, a minute about yeah. how worship is a form should be a formative practice for us and not just a, a lecture, <laughs> right. not just a time where we go and sort of check off a box. Yep, I've been to worship and um, it makes me feel a little better about myself and about the world, um, but should actually be forming and shaping our heart's desires. Yeah, um, yeah. So add to that. I've said a little bit, but add to, to the place of worship and, and how f- those practices in worship should be formative, specifically, and he points us to the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist. The, you know, we have several words. Well, I think he, certainly he does what Jamie assumes when he's writing about the liturgy, he's writing about the historic liturgy of the church, mm-hmm. which is a balance of word and table mm-hmm. so and and there's a a pattern and you know you might want to run and get your united methodist hymnal yeah and open up to uh i don't remember what page it is right now but uh at the, at the front of the hymnal 12, but i'm not sure that's the uh, around the page you know the before page 12 where it describes the pattern of worship mm-hmm. right and there's the entrance so if I get this right, because I don't have one in front of me. Where's liturgy man so, when you need him? Exactly. The, there's the entrance, and then gathering. Th- where is that synonymous? The the ministry of the word. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's the right term, but yeah. where scripture is read and 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 the, the liturgy, you know, the traditional liturgy. There's an Old Testament lesson. 
mm. a psalm, mm-hmm. an epistle lesson, and a gospel lesson. Mm-hmm. All four there's four passage, four pieces of scripture that in the if you're using the the you know and the assumption also of that is using a lectionary, in which typically there's some connection between at least two of those lessons and maybe all of them depending yeah. on the season but the, the the idea is that the worship is is centered in is grounded in scripture mm. of the old and the new testament the whole of the bible is parts of it are presented to the congregation and then it's interpreted in the sermon mm-hmm. in proclamation mm-hmm followed by prayer, the prayers of the people, mm. and then sacrament. Yeah. And that's why baptism typically, you know, the sacrament is a response to the word. Right. So the purpose of the word is to prepare people to come to the table. Mm-hmm. And that's the next, you know, then there's the, the prayer of great thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, well, before that there's, you know, confession. Right, yeah. confession of our sin, of yeah. acknowledging our sin, our brokenness, depravity. our need for grace, our <laughs> depravity, and that God forgives the assurance that we are forgiven. That's, yes. important, yeah, that's important. That we we are the assurance of forgiveness. Yeah. Um, and then the passing of the peace, which which isn't meant to be a time of say hi, how you doing today? Right. It's the peace of Christ. Be it's going to someone, particularly to someone that your relationship has been damaged or broken in some way and to reach out to that person and offer the peace of Christ to one another. It's reconciliation. It's about reconciliation. Yeah. Within the community. Yeah. yeah. And then we come to the table. We, we give thanks to God, the prayer of great thanksgiving, in which the congregation participates. Yeah. And then we come to the, the bread is broken, the cup is offered, and then we come and receive, followed by... And it's not over yet, right? Like the sending that's, forth. That's three, that's three parts. The fourth part... The fourth is sending forth, where Christ sends us into the world yeah. to be his witnesses. Um, so this, the liturgy, that's, that's the worship liturgy that Smith is writing about and that he assumed... That, and, and, and that is when it's done well. Yeah. It is formational. Yeah. It it forms us, and it's intended to form us, and to to help us. And, and it's it's a recapitulation of the gospel, mm. and of the gospel it. story. Yeah, and it centers us in that story. Um, and we then, you know, and it also involves all of our senses. Mm. Uh, the, our, our whole, what, again, when, when we do the word and table and it's done well, the, it's the congregation, per, you know, is not just an aud- a passive audience. They are active participants and it involves our whole body yeah. and all of our senses. And that's what good liturgy is intended to do. And I also think it then addresses our heart's needs for confession and for assurance. Yes, yes. And and the point that you're making, that Jamie makes, is that that is formative. It's formative in the sense of that structure should shape our desires and our longings to be in relationship with one another and with God. Yes. Right, and... 
And I think that's beautiful and that's well said. You've articulated that very well. However, (laughs) (laughs) I think the reality is that's not what most people experience when they go to church on Sundays. Yes, you're right. Right. And and, and so it sort of brings up another question about... and, and we can't get into this because we're not Worship in the Wesleyan Way podcast, about the purpose of worship, right? And whether worship is informational versus formative, which is, again, that's Jamie's point, is, is it should be formational. Yes. Right? It should form, it should shape us. It should and, and the thing is, worship is, the way we worship is formational. I think that's what he's arguing, you know, saying. That's a better no way No matter say how that. we do it, it does form us. Yeah, okay, that that's a and, much better. And way to some say ways that. tend to deform us more than form. You know, it doesn't form us in the way worship is intended to form us. It forms us into being more thinking things, as he said. It's it's aim worship. Typically, you know, as I've experienced United Methodist worship over the last several years, it's definitely focused on being uh, conveying information. Yeah. Um, and it's typically only one passage of scripture is read. Yeah. And hopefully that scripture is addressed in the sermon. Not always, but <laughs> usually it is. Usually. Okay. Um, it ha- I will say it has been where I, where I Yeah. And, and where I typically worship, they do yeah. a good job. But I just wish there would be more. I, I yearn, I want more scripture in mm. worship. Mm. Yeah. Um, anyway. Well, and again, and I'm going to make this point because I think it's to the exact point in a micro sense in terms of shaping us. We've been shaped in an instant gratification culture, right? That has shaped us and formed us. And, and the question I think we need to ask is, is the culture telling us how to worship? Mm. Yes. <laughs> I want to say and, yes. And my, I think the answer to that is yes. Well, if you say, so to extend my point here is that if... If we did exactly what you just said of reading a gospel, le- well, a Old Testament psalm, epistle, and gospel lesson, man, would I be asleep. <laughs> I, I'm not pointing that on anyone else except for me, knowing how I've been shaped, right? I, I agree with you. I want that. I need that. But the culture has shaped me in a sense that if that's not done well, I'm falling asleep probably before we get to the psalms. If we're going to read a, a good Old Testament lesson, a good psalm, right? If we're going to go through that, if that's not done well, I'm asleep. Yeah. And, and that's unfortunate, right? That That's on me, right? That, that, that should be on me to say. And, and again, that's saying what you're acknowledging is how you've been formed. <clears throat> or deformed, yes. By the practice of worship over a number of years. And, and, right? and the culture at large as well. Absolutely, and, and I brought that with me into worship. And to contrast that with occasionally I go to worship here in Nashville to Christ's Cathedral, mm-hmm. which is an Episcopal cathedral here in Nashville, that does the traditional, the full Anglican liturgy, mm-hmm. which they have an Old Testament, a psalm, epistle, So we're going to schedule something. I'm going with you Every sometime. Sunday. Yeah, just so I can do that. And they get it all, and the Eucharist, every Sunday, and it's all done within an hour. Yeah. And it's beautiful, and it I've never fallen asleep during that when I've gone to Christ Church Cathedral. Mm. Wow. and it it can be done. and it yeah. and it requires and, and again, it requires practice. Yeah. and 
and um, some creativity and, and imagination, and those things can go into it. I mean, one of the things I've learned from liturgy, man, one of the many things. Oh, go ahead. You finish well, your point. And, and just my, my point is the people, that congregation, mm-hmm. that's what they're used to. Yeah. And they're in, they participate in it. And they've developed that habit. Yes. And that muscle. Is that's how they've been that. formed. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So one just quick note that liturgy man has pointed me to. That, that, is, that I wish I had known a long time ago, is it's not the words that are magic, right? But the elements within the word and table liturgy yes. are important, or more important. Confession, pardon, great thanksgiving, right? Those are important pieces, and it's more about those pieces than the words themselves. And I think that's extremely yes. helpful. Um, I and wish it's I had the, known the Spirit's presence. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's... We'll shift gears a little bit because we've yeah. talked a lot about worship. But I think that's then helpful to talk about the role of a small group, mm-hmm. right? If, if we're to be formed in worship, and I'll just pose this as a question to you for you to answer, what then is the role of the small group? The, small, the role of the small group is to reinforce what happens in worship, mm-hmm. is to help us, because what Again, the liturgy, the, the, the liturgy of word and table presents the gospel to us yeah. every week. Yeah. And the purpose of the small group is, to, is an opportunity for people to show up every week with a group of three or four or five other Christians to check in with each other about how we're living our lives together mm. and how we are practicing what the liturgy teaches us gotcha how are we following jesus in the world Mm. how are we loving god with all of our heart soul and mind and because we love god we love who god loves how are we doing with that how are we you know and that again there's formation of habits of the works of mercy acts of compassion and acts of justice and the works of piety, the acts of worship and devotion, of you know daily prayer, daily reading and praying with scripture, um, fasting, journaling, prayer, and, and Christian conference, meeting together yeah. at least you know for an hour a week with fellow Christians yeah. to give an account of how you're doing. You know, it's like you wrote about in the last Covenant Discipleship Connection about yep. that, you know, the the way we've sort of deformed the class meeting question from how does your soul prosper mm-hmm. to how is it phrasing. with your soul? Yeah. And I like what you did with, you know, that, that that original question is an assumption that, you know, how does your soul prosper is the assumption under that is that you're growing. Yeah, you're moving somewhere. You're right? moving um, progressing. You're progressing toward sanctification in holiness of yeah. heart and life, yeah. right? Yeah. And we start, sort of lose that with asking, how is it with your soul? Yeah. Um, and so, and that, again, that idea of how does your soul prosper is a connection with what happens in worship. Mm. So, yeah, that's great. And I, I think what occurs to me in what you've said is that distinction between a church that has small groups and a church of small groups. Yeah. That if we're serious about a, being a church w- of small groups, that there's a tighter connection 
among whoever is over in charge of small group ministry and worship. Mm-hmm. That, that that bond ought, ought to be there and not be completely separate. Well, you do worship and well, you do small groups and, and, and the two shall never meet, right? Yeah. And that what yeah. happens at one of these, one's really formative, one's really not. and people, But instead, to see the overlap, right? To see how those w- play with each other now, if that is more strategically done among whether it's a staff team or volunteers or however, you know, a particular church does those things, that they're more in unison. And, and I think that would help people see the connection and, and live less fractured. Yeah. Be- because one of the things I think the way the culture has deformed us or shaped us is living fractured lives. Work, home, church sports, leisure, hobby, whatever. And if we can help tie those together, make mm-hmm. those bonds tighter, that you are being formed by lots of things. Lots of things are clamoring for your attention to form you. Mm-hmm. And if we can help people make the connection, worship is primary and small groups help us, uh, keep us accountable to living out what we've, how we've been formed that way, that those things are connected that then hopefully we're giving a foundation for the rest of life. Yeah. Right? That, that, that whether I am at work or I am at leisure or I am wherever I'm going, I'm living out of the, the baptismal vows. I'm living out of the, the discipleship that God is calling me to, that I'm mm-hmm. encountering mm-hmm. the same God I encountered at the Lord's Supper, that presence I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to encounter in the world. Yeah. Right? And if, and if we can help people make those connections, I, I feel like that's a... That's a that's a win. That's a that's a gift um, the church is giving um, to the disciples they're forming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, thoughts thoughts on that. I mean, I think that that if we can help people make those connections, that then then we are becoming formative. Yes. Right. We are we are doing the mandate we've been given, which is making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Yes. Right, that, that that happens when we give them that foundation. And I think that's exactly what this book and Jamie's arguing is it's become so fractured and so deformative. He's he's pointing us back to these things that shape us, making us aware of them on the one hand, and pointing to practices that help us get recentered, refocused, and and, and live differently. And again it's it, and they lead to the formation of habits. Hmm. Um, habits that shape our character, mm. uh, habits that, you know, to use Mr. Wesley's term, form holy tempers mm. in the soul. Um, the holy tempers being the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity. Goodness, uh, yeah, gentleness. There's nine of them, I know that. <laughs> gentleness, faithfulness. Goodness and self-control. Self-control. Yeah. I've been memorizing them. Um, so. <laughs> I need to memorize them better. Um, and that's sort of th- those holy tempers are the fruit of holiness of that's heart right. and life. And that when they those are formed in us, when people who don't know Christ see mm-hmm. you or me, They see that we're they're, we're different. We've been counterformed. We've been formed in a different way yeah. by a different letter. You know, we've 
So that's why that's the importance of these of both what happens on Sunday morning and then the small group. The small group again reinforces what's presented in the liturgy and helps us to live out the liturgy in our daily lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's I liked how Jamie said it about it's and I'm not going to say it nearly as eloquently about a small group is just by its nature formative, right? Just by the by taking time to do this, it is shaping us. Um, and he talked about social loneliness and isolation, social yeah. isolation, and and those things that I, th- I don't think we give enough attention to. I think that that was pretty insightful of him to say this really is a gift the church has to offer. Yeah, it is friends of God and and how do you say it? Uh, I won't say it the way he said it, but f- <laughs> friends of God, being a friend of God and a friend of God's friends. That's what yeah, he said it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that really is a gift. And and I, and I, I do think that that helps when we talk about marketing small groups and, and inviting people into small groups and making it motivational for people to be in because motivating adults can be really difficult is um, it's just those words, that, that invitation into friendship because we all need more friends, good quality friends mm-hmm. that are help pointing us towards Christ and, and, and living those fruits of the Spirit, fruit of the mm-hmm. Spirit, I think is, is a gift. Uh, so anything else you want to say or, or bring out? I mean, there's there a whole lot there um, in that episode. Anything else that occurs to you that we need to, to well, flesh just out more? What, what, something you said just sparked in my mind about going back I know he writes about it in the book, and I think we talked about it in the interview, that discipleship is is too often um, reduced to thinking, Mm -hmm. right thinking, Mm -hmm. rather than right habits. Mm -hmm. Um, That too often discipleship is presented is an inform you know if you feel if you give people the right information and yeah. teaching if you believe the and, right and things. I'm, and 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 that you know I want everyone to hear me I'm not saying that right you know we're not promoting ignorance <laughs> Definitely and, and we're not, not against too much of my life we're not agra- we're not against yeah. in any way increasing knowledge uh, particularly of theology and doctrine right. of scripture of, among the people that there is we, we need to you know people um, we probably have the best biblically knowledgeable church. Sometimes in some ways. <laughs> um, because of disciple Bible study. Yeah, absolutely. It's been an enormous um, benefit to our church. Absolutely. But because we've limited it to that, inform, you know, that discipleship is information. Yeah. Um, and not encouraged the small groups and the accountability for the formation mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of putting into practice what that knowledge you know what we've learned yeah um and forming habits of through the works of mercy works of piety that real discipleship is how we live yeah not how we think yeah um you know thinking is important Absolutely. But, but, you know, as Jamie says, we are not That's primarily, not. we're not primarily thinking things. Hmm. We are creatures of desire. Yeah. And so we need to 
again, I think main, you know, have some balance yeah. between conveying information mm-hmm. and encouraging habits. Yeah, and living it out. And, and, and again, the habits are put on display and taught to people in the liturgy mm. and reinforced ideally in yeah. the small groups yep. where you, you're encouraged to, to, to live these practices yeah. so that they become habits. Um, so I'll, I'll say this, we kind of end on this note, and I think I've said this in a, a previous podcast, I think much earlier on, and that is, and I don't know if this is um, legend or true, that when they came, when the publishing house came back to Bishop Wilkie and said, hey, Disciple is great, flying off the shelves, what's next? His response was, go live it. <laughs> 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 right? They had to twist arms for there to be a disciple too. That, that his, that I think that he was saying the same thing you are in terms of disciples, Bible says, great, now go live it out. Right. Yeah. So and not take and it's, the next it's, one. It's, next, not that those are bad. Those are all good things. And also, yeah, they have their place. Covenant discipleship. Yep. Was released at exactly the same time as Disciple Bible Study. Interesting. I didn't know that. All right, that's a fun fact for you. So let let's do our credits. Uh, Matt Carlisle, our web producer. Steve Horswell Johnson, our great executive producer, and then Blake. Blake. <laughs> newlywed te- yeah our technical director who we appreciate so much um, so we want this podcast to be as interactive as possible so please connect with us on twitter you can find me at rev scott's tweets also at umc adult form for adult formation and i'm steve manskar at s manskar s-m-a-n-s-k-a-r you can find our email at our website umcdiscipleship.org uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what what other um, topics you'd like to hear from us, what other questions you have. We want to be as helpful for your small groups as we can be. And so we look forward to connecting with you. And until next time, peace. Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.